All right, all right, all right. Welcome to We Are Something Else, episode 72, Trading Places. Yes, sir. And we are joined tonight with two very special guests from the Hot Seat Podcast. We got Dave and we got Eric. Fellas, thank you for joining us tonight. Appreciate it, man. Welcome, 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 welcome. welcome. Uh, So introduce yourselves um, to our our guests, our people watching who might not know who you are. I'll let the masked man go first. All right, how's everybody doing? I'm Eric from the Hot Seat, representing the U, UMBS, Hawk Pride, Catch It. Gotta always send love and shout out to my alma mater, part of 580 Incorporated. Let's get it. We see you, Eastern Shore. Yes, yes. Same thing here, Eastern Shore, Hawk All Day, Hawk Pride, Catch It, uh, the storyteller. Uh, representing for one fourth of the Hot Seed podcast, we definitely appreciate y'all for letting us come on. Um, let's get it and let's have some fun. So, for those who didn't watch last week or haven't been following IG and the Facebook post, uh, E Rich and CB got sent off to the Hot Seed podcast. Um, the episode came out this morning, it's on Spotify, uh, yep. Spotify. iTunes. Yep, you got iTunes, iTunes, SoundCloud. It's pretty much every platform we just uh, got today, on iHeartRadio. Today, yes, sir. Yep. Nice. Congratulations, though. Congrats, nice. congrats. Appreciate That's what's make making moves. Um, but yeah, that episode came out this morning. It's there. I listened to it already. Great show. Uh, so congrats to um to Sean for getting being able to get along with CB, or more likely getting along with E Rich. Sean, I take my hat off to you for that one. Uh, but tonight we got Eric, we got Dave, and we're just gonna get into it. So, first thing we're gonna do, let's wrap, fellas. So, this is where we go over the topics, uh, you know, that may have been kind of popping throughout the week. So, feel free to jump in. My first topic is, um, the million dumbass march that happened during uh, Washington. <laughs> Uh, Are we gonna give them that many? Is it like? Did you say well, that, okay, a thousand, whatever. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Just uh, how about this? Fifteen hundred. A bunch of dumbasses in D.C. Trump flags, right? <laughs> a bunch of dumbasses in D.C. with Trump flags. We'll, we'll give them that one. Um, I didn't think. I mean, I, I don't know what to think about this. And the more I've, I looked into it, I've seen like a lot of the YouTube and Instagram videos of just. The different fights going on, and just just the energy that was going on down there. I, yeah. Why? What? What was? What's the? What was the purpose of the march? I bet you they wouldn't. Have, they wouldn't go to Magic City tonight. Nah, <laughs> they want no parts of Magic City tonight. <laughs> Stacey Abrams didn't want no parts. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> but I, how do you how do you feel about that? First of all, what is, what's your opinion on what's going on with this? Uh, undecided election we can start with you eric to work your way today so okay the whole issue with with the undecided election let's just be open and honest about this about how ridiculous society has gotten here right now we have a bunch of people and we can't even sit there and say a bunch of dumb people because a lot of these folks are very educated i mean we've got you know, political folks. We got folks with their doctorates. I mean, I know some of these folks straight up and they have common sense. They're, they're book smart all the way, 
but yet just the fact that they bought into this idea of going so far to follow this Trumpism is, is what they're being is what is being called what is just is. ridiculous. I mean, no other time has it been somebody so controversial, at least not our lifetime. I'll put it that way. I mean, we can't really speak about what happened, you know, way back yonder when they would tell you we weren't even considered, you know, a person back then. But since we've been considered people, no other time has something been so outright, so, you know, egregious to the point that there is no more Republican Party. Let's just put that to the side. You got the Democratic Party. There's no more Republican Party at this point. You have the party of Trump and then you got folks who are just lost in the sauce. So just a simple fact that these people are getting involved in a super spreader because, remember, the virus <laughs> is supposed to be gone the day after right. the election, according right. to the president. Here we are now at higher levels now than what we were back in March and April. Right. So obviously the virus is winning. The virus is going to continue to win for a good time. So for all these people to get together and to do these super spreader events is just ridiculous. And I mean, I'm flabbergasted by just the way that people have bought into the thought process and the ideas of what this man is, is giving them. And it's going to be interesting to see how some of these folks like the Lindsey Grahams and all these diehard Trump party folks are going to be taking it come January 20th. Absolutely. I mean, for me, pretty straightforward. Like, I don't think they know what they out there for, to be real with you. <laughs> they really don't. <laughs> like, he don't know what he's fighting about. He don't know why they're going to court. Um, I heard he actually called up uh, one of the Republican representatives and told them to uh, try to switch their vote around after the deadline as far as the electorals and stuff like that. The whole thing is just so crooked. And if we can't see how many loopholes right now are in this system that we have to fasten up and change things around, um, that's really what he did. He opened up your mind to everything that's going on in this nation that was pretty much on the hush. It was always out there. Don't get me wrong. But he made it comfortable. He made it a regular thing for people to sit back and do. So in a way, I know it may sound a little controversial. I appreciate that because I'd rather know you for who you are. I want to see that you at that Trump rally with that I hate so-and-so uh, signs and stuff like that. Exactly. I want to wake up that next day on Facebook and look at pe- people that I called friends and going, wait a minute, what are you saying? What are you posting? So mm-hmm. for that fact alone, I appreciate it. But right now, they don't know what they're fighting for. They don't know what they out there marching for. They don't know what could really even come of this. They have no idea the system. They're just out there. And I if just, you ask them, you'll see it on the interview when they're on the news. They have some certain questions, and they're like, um, I don't know. I really feel like what <laughs> yeah, I, I really feel like what they're doing is almost like a projection or a mimic of what was done in 2000 and then what was done as a reaction in 2016. Like the only reason they're saying he stole the election is like because they know they stole the election in 2000. You know what I'm saying? And they know. They they already know that's what happened. So they're just assuming the same thing happened on the other side. And I think these you see these rallies and stuff like that. If you remember, like 2016, we had like right after the inaug- the day after the inauguration. Right. There was like a huge women's march that happened. You know what I'm saying? They're really just, you know, kind of mimicking what they've seen on the other side without any sort of principle. You know what I mean? There's no reasoning, rhyme or reason to it. It's just 
this is how I, I think we're supposed it. to react now. You know what I'm saying? They reacted that way and they think they're right. You know what I'm saying? It's just no, they're, they're, it has no substance though, you know? Absolutely. Totally agree. I think that the fact that, like, like you pointed out, Dave, that there's so many loopholes that you see are being exposed. Right. And in one way, you have to thank them because, okay, now let's fix it. But then on the other hand, you're like, we've always known these loopholes are there. But the, the right thing to do is if you lose, walk away to see whether you're happy or sad. Right. And just get on. I mean, come on, man. Like, it's dangerous not to not to have a, a smooth transition, like like to rewind Especially back to two thousand. We had we had two thousand. We had a protracted, um, a protracted uh, whatever you call it, transition, and then nine months later, you know what I mean. The day you can never forget happened. So. It's, it's actually, especially during a pandemic, and we don't even know, like, that's the, that's kind of the worry that we know about. We don't even know what else is happening behind the scenes and things that I we mean, can be vulnerable right to. Now, right oh, now, right now, think about it. He pulling troops out. Right. <laughs> you know, he's cyber security, like private fire security, the head of cyber security. Yeah. Like, he's doing things to purposely put America in harm. Sabotage the country, sabotage yeah. the government. Right. At, at the word detriment, but like this guy, his popularity is through the roof. He'll be able to, he's not gonna go away quietly, obviously. Once he, whatever the next step is for him, this guy's popularity is huge again. He's, you might even end up getting, what was the show, uh, The Apprentice? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you might end up getting that back. I mean, hotel he, chains, all like his brand, that. His brand, his brand is what was huge the term they used in that show, Claire? What you're fired? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're fired, man. I, about to I got a serious yeah. question though. Like, so forget about Trump. Like, so we talked about earlier all these people that you know what I mean. He brought out all those feelings that were there. How can you go back to you know what I mean? Coexisting with these people the same way we did before. Now you now that you know what you know. You know what I mean? Like, you, how do you feel about that? Do you think you can move past it, or do you think, nah, I'm always going to be on guard from now on? So I think that comes down to to individuals themselves. Like, I could definitely disagree with somebody from a political standpoint, and I can still work with them. I can still be friends with them. But mm-hmm. it's just when, if you get with a person, and like I said, you see that deep, dark root that comes out, and it's the words behind the words that they're saying and then the actions that they put up there with it as well. Those are the folks that know it'll never be the same. So like I said, there can just be folks that you're still going to be okay with. You can still be cool with, you know, but you know that they just affiliate because you got party voters. That's just called, you know, some people party yeah. voters, no matter what you say, they're just going to run with their right. party regardless of how they do it. So I don't really have too much of a problem with a party voter. I have a problem with the people that, like I said, you know, have the words behind the words and then put action behind that. Because once I see what your true intent is and the way that you actually feel, and now that you feel comfortable that you can come out about it, nah, absolutely, it's no going back. You see, you see straight hatred. Absolutely. Um, I, I can agree to disagree. I mean, that if we all got along, it'd be weird. Like, I actually sometimes appreciate somebody else's opinion. Um. So a difference in opinion I can accept, but knowing that 
you know, the, the curtain was pulled back for a second. And when it was allowed, you can call me a word that that's a very offensive right. and feel like you can get away with it. But now that it's not allowed because that, that rhetoric is in the office more. you can pull the curtain back again and act like we all good. Now, I don't know if I can. It's no opinion in which that you could say I, it's not your opinion that I'm inferior to you. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that's a different thing. You know what I mean? And I'm not forget about the name calling and stuff like that, but just the mindset. And I feel like now you have to, you know what I mean, break down people. When people say, you know what I mean, I vote a certain way or this is my politics, you got to really break down beyond that. So why is that? You know what I mean? To get to what their really, what their real feelings are. You know what I mean? I feel like you can't just take people at face value anymore because you've seen, you've seen how they vote. You know what I mean? If, if, if someone who's completely, um, inadequate or what's the word I'm looking for? Just a complete failure at the position alone. Plus is, you know what I mean? Courting white supremacists and you know what I mean? Plus global pandemic didn't do anything about it. You know what I'm saying? Of of worth. Like at what point, you know what I mean? Do you draw the line? How could you just blindly continue down that path? You know? And I I really have to, you know, I feel like I, I, I have to really evaluate, you know what I mean? And, and, feel like you have to have like that extra armor or you know what I mean keep your third eye open for real now because like I said things have you just you just can't go back to the way we were. Yeah absolutely uh in in line with what's going on um the next thing we'll talk about is this vaccine. So apparently we got we got two breakthrough vaccines possibly so far the the percentages are looking real good for you know Perhaps you know ending some things or curing some things. Uh, are you are you going to be for, if it's offered to you tomorrow? Are you taking it? I need to see the test results. I need to see. <laughs> I like I like I'm not the, I'm not the dude to get the first iPhone, man. Like I'll I'll wait for the for the second joint. You know what I'm saying? The second round to come out. I don't have to go anywhere, so I don't, I mean you know what I'm saying it's not like I need to be in the streets anyway. I like what Governor Cuomo is doing up there in New York. You know how he said that there are seven states right now that have their own independent boards that once the vaccine is released, they're going to have those boards review the results of what's going on before they actually acknowledge the fact that their own states to sit there and say, this is good to take. So, I mean, I think I don't know if Maryland is one of them. It could possibly be one of those states, but I don't know for a fact if it is or not. But I mean, at least with Governor Hogan, he does seem as though he's trending more so because he's definitely not a Trump supporter. So and just listening to what he's said over the last week with these press conferences, it seems as though he's on board with that. Hey, I'm not rolling this out to you guys until I know for a fact that it's safe to use before Maryland does start using it. You know, totally different than what they got like in was that North Dakota or wherever the, the governor is out there. North or South Dakota, one of them Dakotas that's going totally crazy right now. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not the first to jump in line to use it. But like I said, there are so, some people that once my governor sits there and says, or our governor in Royal Maryland sits there and says, hey, look, we've had people review this and we're good to start rolling it out. I'm, I'm game. I know for me, I got a personal take on it. Um, for those of you that don't know, my wife is a pharmacist. She works for the FDA. I got to hear this talk about this vaccine all the time. Um so we coming to you when it's time when, it, when <laughs> the announcement coming out. We 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 getting you. When he checkers. takes it, we take hey, it. Exactly. We I'm, get the green I'm, light I'm from just you. Telling you in this sense, 
we were moments away from Trump trying to pull the trigger on skipping over FDA approval and just giving out this vaccine. We were moments away from that. Think about that for a moment. Like going through no approval process, just handing this thing on out. So now that it's going through the FDA, I'm still skeptical of it, even though my wife works for the FDA, because of the simple fact that there's a lot of favoritism towards him still within that FDA. Let's just keep it real. Exactly. Um, they so allow percentages of feces in, uh, yeah, kinda, <laughs> in ground beef, man. So kind of makes me have a step back <laughs> on that. Plus, if you heard anything about these vaccines, they don't really know how they're going to give it out. One of these vaccines right now has to be stored at sub degree level, like minus 60 something degrees. Yeah. You're not going to CVS to get this shot. They don't have that type of equipment. So they're talking about the army coming in and you going up to like, say, if you're down in the DMV area, you going up to FedEx field and the army over there putting it in your body. And then you got to come back within three weeks and get it again. You know, and then they got to mix it right because they got to dilute it and things like that. So they got to take a class on that. This is one of the fastest vaccines to get to the point of approval ever. Just put that out there, too. It's like you got to jump in the LeBron <laughs> cryo chamber to take yeah. that joint, man. <laughs> so to regular folks, just to let you know, even if it's going into this approval process, it won't be out to the regular public probably until about the summertime, late spring, summertime. Um, but, you know, I saw somebody just mention it. I haven't even gotten the flu vaccine since high school, and I've been fine. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> hey, to each their own, do what you do. Let me know how to, you know. I did get the flu vaccine. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Try to be a little bit, a little bit on the safer side, but I got. Yeah. I, yeah. I think that we've seen a quick turnaround because, again, they want to make this guy look good. He promised one. He said it was coming soon. This big, beautiful vaccines or whatever he said that was coming out. Really, really, really big vaccines. How he described it. And it just, you know, when you look back, there was nothing. There's nothing stamped on this guy's presidency. There, there's Obama. At least had Obamacare. You know, there's, every president has left their mark. This guy, besides uh, bringing out the underbelly of the world, letting, you know, people show their true colors. What is what is his stamp? So now his stamp would be, well, he delivered this vaccine, right? That That's going to leave him on somewhat of a higher mark. But did it? I mean, to me, this that was a world effort, man, because you can't, well, you really can't gonna, even roll out a vaccine normally in within 18 months, right? Like, so right. they needed, they needed a scale the size of the world in order to get the testing done, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I think that I mean he's gonna he'll, he's gonna take credit for it. Obviously he's gonna he's taking credit. Yeah, for he's gonna definitely that, take credit for it. Like, oh, he's gonna that. take credit for anything that he he didn't do, everything he did do. Um, but yeah, I'm like you got. I'll, I'll wait. Uh, my, my job is impressing me to go back to work tomorrow, day after that. You know, I, I think like you said, maybe not until in summer next year. Yeah, and I'm good with that. I'm good. I, I've, I've I've trained myself to stay low key and build. I, I've been preaching this throughout the whole pandemic. We've been talking, build your brand, build, 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 whatever. If you come out this pandemic the same, you haven't been doing nothing this whole pandemic. Because how, how often do you get a chance just to sit still and 
regroup. Yeah. Come out, you know, and build. And we don't. So if you ought to be coming out with something different, even if you write something on a page and post it online, that's something you didn't do yesterday, something new, right? So, yeah, got to come out here different. Um, yeah. Let's go to uh, quick NBA chat. So I got this picture of uh, Katie and Kyrie. We know we're in Brooklyn. Uh, yeah. they, they, they picked that together. Kyrie picked it and Katie joined along. And now there's talks about Harden coming into play. Um, and Steve Nash is the I, I wouldn't they don't even call him the head coach. They're just saying like it's gonna be a joint effort. They won't even give Nash the respect of calling him head coach. You already said that out loud, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So now Harden wants to come and play with the guys. Um my opinion is this will not work whatsoever. Three ball dominant guys. You got two former MVPs. One who averages what what is hard average thirty five for the last past yeah, few yeah, seasons, yeah. KD, who needs you know, and Ky- Kyrie who can't stay healthy. First of all, that so that might be Harden's way in. Like, well, but if say Kyrie stays healthy, these it's not going to work. The first man out, you're going to chip Kyrie out first. <laughs> Harden is obviously the, the better out of two, but I don't think it'll work. Uh, let's let's start with that part. Do you think it will work? No. <laughs> Definitely won't. I, I won't call each one of them. Oh, go ahead, E. Go ahead. Go ahead. Now, I won't call each one of them uh, isolation ball players because Kevin Durant can fit it kind of like he did with Golden State. But he's a he's a crazy scorer. So you got to have enough time on the clock to give him the ball. So that's where it comes up to be a problem. Kyrie's going to bring the ball up. And he's going to hold on to that ball until there's about 11 seconds. Now you're going to pass that ball off to Harden. Harden's going to want to shoot, but he might be double teamed. KD might get the ball with three seconds left. <laughs> That's what you're looking at on each and every play. You got two people that feed off isolation, and then you got a person that needs that ball to shoot or create. So I don't see it. And then what they would have to give up for Harden, you're not going to have a bench. They're going to have to play the whole game. So, I don't like, while I think it's doubtful, I do think you the uniqueness of um, of um, KD could allow it to work because he's such a deadly shooter and can just either face up or spot up that it create and he's a matchup problem, right? So you got to put a four or a five or a three on him, and you might have to put two on them. That means that the lane is probably going to be open more often than not, which allows Kyrie to shine. And then, you know, Harden can kind of get his own buckets too. That, that you know, it it could work, but, I mean, obviously they really would be lacking on defense and their bench would, you know, be depleted because of the trade. But those three talents could be on the floor and be successful just because of the uniqueness of KD, I think. And no, see, that's where I was going to go at with, with that about the defense. So, like, Kevin Durant's going to hope that things are going to kind of flow like it did in Golden State, where he figured he had those two shooters that could shoot from anywhere on the floor, and then he just kind of rolls in because he knows he can shoot from anywhere on the floor. So no he's hoping dream that on, though, right? Kyrie and Harden can have that same type of connection, but I don't see it. At least with Steph and with Clay, they were bored in together, you know, being drafted right, you know, those years apart. And had to grow together under Mark Jackson. And they, they don't have egos either. Together. They didn't come right. in already with the super egos 
that these other two guys are already going to have coming in there. So it was more just putting KD in with a group of guys that had already won 73 games the season before, right. you know, right. and that end up losing to LeBron in them. But that was already a team before Kevin Durant got there. This is putting a team together. And Draymond Green made so much of the difference for that Golden State right. team Thanks. because of that defensive anchor. So, like you said, if you got to give up pieces to get hardened, are you going to sacrifice those pieces by trying to give up, like, Allen, who is your defensive guy? Because they're probably going to keep DeAndre Jordan, but they may have to give up Allen to go to Houston. And we've seen D'Antoni's system, you know, because you can see I'm an avid Phoenix fan. So I've seen the D'Antoni system, you know, over years when him and Steve Nash ran it, the seven seconds or less. And that's back when Amari was our dominant big man. Yeah, we should have probably got there that one year when Robert Ory decided to hip check, you know, Steve Nash over. But I digress. I digress. So, the Tony system in Houston all those years still hasn't put the Rockets in a position to win it. The one time they had a chance, Chris Paul got hurt. So to sit there and show that Dan Tony system, because that's what it's going to be. It's not going to be a Steve Nash system. It's going to be Dan Tony system that they're going to run in in uh, with the Brooklyn Nets, and it hasn't shown to work yet. Absolutely. Um, Katie's legacy. So what, what what is his legacy going to be moving forward? If the Harden deal does go through, what is, what is his legacy after this? Because we know what he did in OKC, which they were there, and they just got beat by a better team. Mm-hmm. And then go to Golden State, obviously a team that already won, and then they come back and they, they had already beat you. you were, they were down three to one and came back and beat OKC. So you join forces with the super team to win a ring, to win two, to satisfy your, you know, your ego, whatever. And then obviously we, we saw the writing on the wall. He was getting ready. He was going to leave. He wasn't going to stay. And he was going to pair with somebody somewhere, end up being Kyrie. They go to Brooklyn together. Okay, that's fine. You can take that team and you can try to play whatever and try to, I think, redeem a little bit of, of your legacy to say that you didn't need these big squads, but now trying to add Harden into the mix. Like I, I don't think this this is the this is the Golden State team just worse because these three guys need to learn how to play all to get play together right away, and they don't have an established coach. It's going to be a mess. Yeah, I mean KD to me is like one of those stories where like he is a remarkably uh, gifted player and like one of the deadliest athletes and shooters that we've seen ever seen. But, like, he's always been on a team with other talent. You know what I mean? Like, I've never really seen him uh, in a situation where he didn't have, you know what I mean, a Westbrook or the Splash Brothers or, you know, now coming into a Kyrie. So, you know what I mean? I I guess his rookie year, right, when he was in Seattle still. But, you know, I don't – I think he's going to be, you know, a top 20 top 25 player in the in the grand you know what i mean the big list of best players ever but you know i don't think he'll be able to hit that top 10 top 15 just because of the the talent that he played with and then the lack of championships can we all agree that as great as kd is he's not lebron because agree lebron went and took Kyrie. Kyrie got to cleveland Cleveland was ass. LeBron comes in, gets with Kyrie, boom, Cleveland goes up to the top for those years. Uh, Kyrie leaves, goes to Boston. Boston 
when they had Isaiah Thomas, they were really good. They got Kyrie. He came and wrecked all that stuff up. He gets hurt. That team rallies together, goes to the Eastern Conference Finals. He comes back the next year. He wrecked all that stuff up again. He mm-hmm. leaves. Boston is once again in the East, you know, back up there making a run for the NBA Finals. So you got to actually be somebody that can reel Kyrie in because he, to me, has proven to be almost kind of the poison apple. I mean, other than the fact that, like I said, LeBron being LeBron and just no matter where he landed, he superseded all expectations. Can Kevin Durant, his legacy is really going to be based on what can you do with Kyrie? Can you make Kyrie a better player? Because to me, as much as Kyrie can dribble, can score, he still ain't showed me that he's a superstar. Some people call him that. I never called him a superstar. Sure, he's an all-star, but anybody who can score 25 points a game because you're ball dominant, you're taking all the shots, aren't you going to more than likely probably get to the all-star game, regardless of whether your team is good or not? So that's the real thing about KD's legacy. You want to build your legacy, show me what you can do by reeling in Kyrie and winning with him. But what you just described, Eric, is a leader. And I've never seen Kevin Durant as a leader. He's a great scorer, great two-way player, great on the defense. He can come in and get you buckets, all those different type of things. But I've never seen him get put in a situation where you're just like, yeah, I need you to lead this team. And people don't realize just because you're the best player on the floor, it doesn't mean you're the leader of that team. Mm -hmm. So LeBron's a leader, and that's the difference between the two. And who's going to be the leader on that team if those three get together? Who's going to be that person? Absolutely. I have no idea who that's going to be. They don't even know yet. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, I think, like, Kyrie would be successful in a place like Golden State where you have some shooters that space out the floor a little bit where he could, you know what I mean, kind of kind of get to the lane. But, it, yeah, it's interesting that, like, he has really been uh, um, the reason why a lot of successful teams haven't been successful when you expect them to be more successful. If it, that makes got better sense. after he left, Superfly. Yeah, yeah, I agree. <laughs> I mean, think about that. <laughs> I feel you. I just think, like, Golden State, again, it's like a unique situation where you got two other superstars there who are shooters and can – you know what I mean? Really space out the floor for him to be to be able to do his thing, but right. You know, we'll see. All right, y'all. So this is part where Superfly just shows off a little bit of his skills. Uh, at the five minutes of funk, he's gonna do a mix. Got a theme to it. Everybody in the chat, let me know if you can guess the theme of the mix. Earl Dave, let me know. Earl Dave, let me know. Put that thing up, mommy, make it roll. Once you pop, pop, lock it for me, girl, get low. If your mama gave it to your baby, Super Fly girl, let it go. Y'all know what it is. Five minutes of funk, let's go. Yeah. 
run from you. I'm in love with you, but the vibe is wrong, and it haunted me all the way home. So I got this side, a land called Foolish Pride, where the man is always right. He hates to talk, but loves to fight. Is that all right? On real cold days, he loathes us lots of hate, but he says that we must be to take Streets in the fence still knocking. It'd be hard to understand me. My jaw keep locked. It'd be hard to understand me. Come my jaw keep locked. Fight down. Fight down. It'd be hard to understand me. Come my jaw keep locked. Fight down. Yeah. After me sit down on me yard and I smoke up the good old sunset. Determination of we keep them friends in. Yeah, kids, sell a sea and free up it dancing. Bunker try violate me and hey, make them know me guns them load, none of them don't empty. Who I get bullets and get more than something. Burn me up on the one, let them pop up, be done them. To do the thing is like to lock me up and throw away the key. Cause I am, it will always be a man who's born to always love every kind of woman. So lock me up and throw away the key Cause I am, it will always be A man who's born to always love Every kind of woman 
fly TNT. I'm the guns of the Navajo. And I had a long day in court. Shit stressed me out. Won't give me a bail and can't get me out. Now I'm headed to the county. Gotta do a bit here. I'm used to living luxurious. I don't wanna live here. The walls is gray, the clothes is orange. The phones is broke, the food is garbage. A lot of niggas is living with these circumstances. I know some niggas turning 40s like they IDs. I know some bitches getting purses off of IDs. You know we raised on the concrete. I know one thing. We from the trenches, not yeah. the palm tree. Cold thing. I'm sipping lean for the protein. No cold offended. Slide on them blocks by my lips. Yeah. 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 Flying TNT, y'all. Hey. Yes, sir. Hey, I, I don't think, I, had to go I, don't think I got it until the very, very end. I don't think I got the, got the, the hint to the very, 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 very end. Um, so let me see. Let me go get, pull the comments up and see what uh people are guessing. I don't know, uh, Eric Dave, you guys. Oh man, don't even come to me. I was just listening to music. I ain't even. <laughs> um, anybody in the comments figure out the theme? I think I um, I got it. But I'm gonna wait to give one more, one more second, one more minute for people to pop up. If anything, if not, all right. I think um, so. The last two songs, and then I'll go back to the Bruno Mars song. All had the word "lock" in it. So, mm. locked up, yeah. Locked up. So, yeah. was, uh, uh oh. Volume down, Superfly. What'd you say? My oh. bad, hold up. I said, get ready for lockdown. I'm over here talking while it's on mute. So, yeah, that, <laughs> that, that's the theme. There you go. All right. We're going to be locked up for COVID. Mm. <laughs> mm. Nice. Nice, nice. <laughs> there we go. Um, dope set, Superfly. Dope set. So, yeah. well, everybody that's joining us tonight, if you just tuned in, we are, we have. There we go. Yeah, Dave and Eric from the Hot Seat Podcast. Uh, for the second round of mashup episodes, early today, CB and E Rich were on the Hot Seat Podcast with Sean and Earl. Um. So you can catch that on all streaming platforms. I listen to it on Spotify. I know it's on iTunes. Yep. yep. They just broke it that it's on iHeartRadio now too, right? Yeah. 
All right. So that's what's up. But um, so for people who don't know Hot Tea Podcast, I want to ask you guys just a couple questions so we can figure out who you are individually. Um, and then we can get into a couple more conversations. Then you know what? Uh, we can be out. So let's uh, who wants to go first? Let's uh, there you go. The story time. Uh, I'm not gonna put you on a spy thing, but um, tell us about yourself. Just give, give give us a little bit. Um, where where you from? You right. know. Um, originally from New York, born out of New York, raised in Jersey. Uh, went to school at the illustrious campus of University of Maryland Eastern Shore. Pledge Phi Beta Sigma, Alpha Mu Chapter, Almighty Alpha Mu Chapter. I'm also a, a traveling man. If you don't know what that means, then to be one ass one. Um, then went down to the news. That's where I got together with Sean. Um, started doing some music together and things like that. And then came up this way to the DMV. Now I'm up here selling real estate. That's what I'm doing. Helping out people uh, get in homes, sell their homes, get investors to flip their homes and things like that. So that's pretty much what I'm doing. Right, right. Okay. Um, I, I know I got you guys supposed to be doing the big three. We'll do that later on. Uh, but right now, who's your favorite artist or musician or rapper? Mm. Favorite right now. Um, truthfully, I'm I'm a person that listens to a lot of like production and writing and things like that. A person that I love for the last couple of years is somebody um that actually comes up in the topic later about writing for people and that's uh ed sheeran people don't realize how much uh hip-hop and how much r&b he writes for so um that's a person for me that i could say that i pretty much follow a whole lot this is a person that went off the grid for i think about a year um just because he didn't want no social media influence he threw away his cell phone everything like that and just started writing and he's the only person I believe to sell out Wembley Stadium by himself with no uh, uh, like lead up performance or anything like that, no band or anything. It was just him. So he's somebody that I follow real hard right now, Ed Sheeran. All right, I, I left that up there for you. That that comments for you. Ah, uh, yes. What's going on? <laughs> that's uh, that's my pop. So he's uh... okay. Okay. Yeah. Little Sun Lodge number 54. Yeah. Go. Before news. I got you. <laughs> um, and then real quick before we switch to Eric, um, tell me what have you learned thus far about podcasting? I know you guys got something good going over there, and I think um a lot of you were, were new to it from I think one of the episodes right. I heard. I know me and Sean, we worked together a couple places. And right. me, uh, he had, he had told me he was. I knew he was in the music. That's that, that was the connection first. Outside of being coworkers, that was the connection. Music always brings people yeah. together. And yeah. then um, I told him about the podcast, and he told me he had some ideas that he was working on. And then, you know, I saw that it came to light. You know, it spoke into existence, which is always a good thing. Um, so, what have you learned thus far? Or you know, what's something that you you, you like about it thus far? Well, I'll tell you what's crazy. Just to give a little backdrop on it um you know this is this is sean's idea this honestly is like myself eric earl and sean we we're gamers we jump on the xbox all the time 
and just through through venting, like our regular conversation, I believe between Sean and you know his girl Natasha shouting you out, um, was just like, hey, you know what, y'all need to put together a podcast. So one day he just throws it in within the chat. Earl jumps on it, Eric jumps on it, I jump on it, just like, okay, let's do this. And that's really how it just started. But really, the way that we throw our hashtag out there all the time, we're just four dads with mics, you know, unfiltered conversation. Um, our conversation is unfiltered because really it's us venting. It's a way to get away from society. You know, a lot of people aren't ready for the conversation that we're ready to have. Um, right. So we kind of release it through the podcast. And if people like it, great. If people don't like it, that's fine, too. You know, but it's out there. You know, it's reality that we're living. So, you know, I love the podcast world and I really got heavy within it right now with us being in the podcast because I see how much it takes to even put together one episode, you know, <laughs> so <laughs> it, it, it's a lot. It's a lot. Kaleo, I'm telling you, with all the stuff you throwing up here and I'm, I'm seeing how it's all coming in. I'm just like, I'm impressed because go, go you know, back a I'm few weeks. <laughs> go back and steadily get worse because it's been an evolution, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. I mean, y'all had the five minute of funk. I know you sat back and was like, Yeah, what's the hint? I'm like, Man, I'm just listening to music. <laughs> like, I was entertained. <laughs> so, right, right. Eric knows I felt like I was at a tall gym party back at UMBS. So, <laughs> look, this this is what we have nowadays, and this, look, we got to make the best of what it is. Um, it. so look, we definitely appreciate you giving us a little bit back, uh, background on you. Um, we're obviously about to get into another conversation soon, but go ahead. Eric, man, who are you? Who, who is Eric? Man, <laughs> a humble guy who grew up in Baltimore. After I graduated, I went down to Illustrious University of Maryland, Eastern Shore. Got my degree from down there. Just like the storyteller said, I'm a part of Almighty Alpha Mu, Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated. I'm also in the Boule. So for those who know about the Boule, Hey, I got that tap on the shoulder, and I made it into it. Other than that, I'm a family man. Love my wife, kids. Do everything I can. Love vacation. Try to go on as many trips as possible. Try to, you know, <laughs> live that stress-free life. Like, I try not to let too many things get to me. Like, things can pile up on people all the time. But you got to have that out. You know, and our out is usually when we're on the game, when we're on the box. Yep. That's our therapeutic session. It gets everything out of us. You know, we're guys that can talk to other guys. You know, it's just some things sometimes you can't sit there and talk to you, to your uh, significant others about, but you can talk to your fellas about it. And it gets it out. So it keeps my stress level down. And every day that we're alive is just a blessing. That's the way I look yeah. at it. It's the way I go about my business. And there's no need for me to go to sleep mad. You know, just like when I wake up in the morning, why not wake up with a smile? Even if I got, you know, a few aches and pains, it could always be worse. Absolutely. Um, who's your favorite uh, musician, artist, singer, rapper? Who's your go-to? You know, so like in that category, I really don't have one because I spend most of my time listening to like uh, sports. Like I'm just avid on ESPN and I'm usually taking that in. I can sit back. And out of 24 hours, I could listen to that for 23 hours and 30 minutes. So I may okay. only give 30 minutes to listening to something. If I listen to something, most of the time I'm listening to like fly. So I'm listening to, <laughs> you know, some older things that may come on there. But I'm also a big pop guy. So I like listening to a lot of pop stuff. So yeah. I'm, I'm a kid at heart. So I mean, 
you can even give me like some Disney tunes and I'll even rock with that if I got to. Hey, yeah. hey, look, some of these Disney tunes rock out here for real. Let's just be honest. Hey. <laughs> you got to check out my Amazon playlist. My, my six-year-old loves it. <laughs> nice. Um, okay. So that's good. Um, some background for people who are watching who, you know, haven't listened yet because I hopefully will convert a lot of listeners. That's, you know, you guys perfect. bring some over. We'll yeah. push some over to you guys. And, you know, podcast family. I mean, there's it's a million podcasts out there. And there's, there's a podcast for everything you can think about or all types of whatever. Um, but, like, since we've gotten into this this game, I've learned that, you know, it's, it's also a community, tight-knit mm-hmm. family as well. Uh, and it takes a lot of chemistry to to be able to pull off a lot of these things. Um, so, and, and uh, all my guys, like, again, just like you guys, I've known, I'm talking about 15 plus years out of my life. So, and I think, and we all mesh well. Like I'm, I'm the, the centerpiece to everybody. I'm the connector because mm-hmm. Superfly didn't know CB or E-Rich, E-Rich, you know, and, I, and then we just all came together and it just happened to work out. And Like Voltron. <laughs> exactly. Um, but I wanted to, add a, you know, the, the main question for the night was, since when we're on the topic of music, if you found out your favorite artist or rapper, that's why I asked you that earlier, mm-hmm. artist or rapper or singer, you know, your favorite song by that person wasn't actually written by that person, does it take away from the experience of the song? Does it take away from that person? Does it take away anything in your mind about that? And I'll, I'll give you an example. I'll, I'll start with one of the greatest albums people have, have rated up there in a lot of charts have said it's the number one album of all time. Michael Jackson's Thriller. Mm-hmm. People rock the Thriller all the time. Mike made it happen. Mike did the visuals for Thriller and all that. But if you look at those credits, Quincy Jones did the whole wrote the whole album. Greg yep. Helen Gaines and, uh, and yep. Toto. Uh, right. and Toto. <laughs> Does that does that take does that take away from Thriller? Does that take away from from Mike? Um, I mean, for me, it may it may be a little bit biased on this sense, but um, it matters what genre you're talking about for me. Like with rap, if you're a person that's out there representing that you like one of the best rappers out there, and this is what you do, this is what you live. Oh, I'm this, I'm that. Yeah, you didn't write those lyrics. Um, <laughs> Earl always has a chime in. We have to say that at least once an episode, by the way. <laughs> Earl tells uh Eric to turn his mic off. But <laughs> with that, I think about being a lyricist. You know what I mean? Now, if you give credit to that other person or or you're not the person out there in public saying that you're this and you're that, that's one thing. But realize, I know when I sit back and I go through R&B and all these different type of things and rap, it's all in the whole circle. You can go back to Michael and everything like that, but you can also go back to even further than that. Motown, pretty much all those things was written by, like, uh, you know, Smokey Robinson and all them. Think about that. Yeah. And then Smokey said, you know what? Let me keep some of these songs for myself. <laughs> Let me go out there and sing them. <laughs> and look what he turned into. You know, right. I, I said earlier, Ed Sheeran, if you knew how many hits he wrote, and then finally he was just like, because he never felt like he had to look to make it he was like this geeky white guy with red hair and he was like i I don't think i had to look to do it 
And then all of a sudden, he jumped out there, one of the best people out there. <laughs> so when you see all these things, Drake was the same way, was he not? When he started. <laughs> you know what I mean? Neo. Like, this is the other thing. Drake ghostwriting for other people. Oh, so it was a whole circle. He had people ghostwrite for him, but then he ghostwritten for other people. Neo was the same way, just like you said. So when you see this, it's a whole circle. I mean, uh, I know Earl was the one that told me that for the Will Smith song for Summertime, that was written by Rakim. Yeah, Think that's about been that. a long standing rumor. Think about been that. Debunking that though. <laughs> Will Smith uh, getting jiggy with it. They say it was written by uh, Nas, Nas, right? Nas. Yeah, that yeah. one's true, I think. So that's the funny thing. It's written by Jay-Z. <laughs> the fact that you, which one was Jay-Z, you say Superfly? Phil Dre. Yes, yes Phil Dre. Oh, that was on my list. So let's go back to Summertime. That's the anthem every year. If you don't hear that at a cookout, the cookout's not official. Summertime is not started unless it's official. As Will yes. Smith, Dick, Jazzy Jefferson, uh, Fresh Prince's biggest hit to date. They're getting residuals off of that still. And there's, there's definitely been a long-standing rumor that Rakim wrote that. And, of course, so now if, if you're this artist, like you said, I think it definitely plays a lot in the rap field. Like, I, I think it matters what genre it is. Like, yeah. if you're trying to be the, if you're yeah. trying to be, um, the greatest MC in the world or you're battling right. other people, it's important that you wrote the music. Right. But and, it sometimes but, it matters, like in the case of Michael Jackson, that's a package. That's a show. You know what I'm saying? You're not just gonna get a great song from Mike. You're gonna get right. a crazy video. You're gonna get a crazy concert. You know what I mean? He's dancing. He's doing all kinds of other stuff. And you're so, paying attention to the voice in R&B. Exactly. Yeah. So the so the the actual lyric probably matters less, or the production matters a little bit less in that case. Because you still got to pull it off. Right. It's because, a show. I yeah. know a lot of people write great songs, but the artists they give it to can't necessarily pull it off. Hey, Kaleo. Uh huh. What what did Diddy say? <laughs> hey, real, how would you feel? I, I know Cole is your man, Kaleo. How would you feel if you found out J. Cole didn't write like uh I don't know, what's like one of the most like one of his uh, most introspective songs? What's the joint Miguel? Um my favorite joint, uh him and Miguel is um breaking on it right right now. But okay, we'll even go the with what's uh, the line Remy that joint, uh come home, come through and chill. Yeah, come through with that. So we'll go with that joint. Mm -hmm. We'll start with that. But now it's another one, Power Trip. Yeah, Power Trip. That, that's that's cold to me. That's that's my favorite cold song. And I mean, there's it, so many layers to it. If you tell me somebody else wrote it, yeah, Trench from Naughty by Nature wrote that, Kaleo. <laughs> <laughs> Eminem wrote that. Shit. No, no. <laughs> I think you, I think it does take away a little bit. I mean, it's tough. Yeah. Because I think in the rap field, there's so much competition, like you said, to be the guy, the best lyricist out there on the stage. And when it came to still DRE, Dre didn't care. Right. Dre was like, you know, I'm a producer first. Right. And like, like Chronic was all was mainly Snoop and DLC, yeah. right? But Snoop admitted that in an interview. Snoop right. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. He came out there, sat back, wrote down this whole rhyme, and he's like, man, you could have thought he was from the West Coast. Yeah. All right. So, like, I remember when, uh, so when Prince put, not Prince, but when uh, Prince Estate put out the the demos oh, the album, demo, yeah. and you hear like, you know what I'm saying, Sex Shooter and all these other joints. By the time, uh, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying, like, like that kind of was if that 
in a way, it removes the magic from the original song when you see how close the demo was to the final version. You know what I'm saying? But it, but it really speaks to Prince's how genius. He produced how he exactly, produced and, now, and Prince's genius. But it kind of takes away from the time and all those other artists too. I had no idea he had written "Jigglos uh, Get Lonely" too. I right, thought me all along. I was like, "Oh my god!" There's no way you thought Prince could have wrote that. You know okay. what I'm saying? Like, but. Hey, and but then when you listen to the time version, what'd you say? They hung together all the time, though. Yeah, right, I mean, but exactly. I, I, knew the, I knew the whole like, seven, seven, nine, three. Like, I knew all that. But then when it came to this one, then I go back and listen. You can hear Prince's vocals behind more. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. it's there. Prince is one of the most talented people to ever live, man. Let's be real. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Solution. <laughs> Jamie Styles and Thief. Yeah, there you go. Um, hey, I'll give you one right here. One that I actually saw when I was just poking around. If you know the famous reggae song, and I got the reggae out there. My wife's family's from Jamaica. Um, okay. UB40. Mm-hmm. Red, red wine. Songs, red, red wine. Do you know who that was written by? No. Neil Diamond. Really? Nice. Wow. Wow, Neil Diamond, bro. Was it originally like a country song or something like that? And they, I don't know the whole breakdown of it, but he gave it over to UB40 and they just turned it into reggae. But that's crazy. Think about that. It had to be a different tempo. I know Neil Diamond wow. didn't write it in the, in the sense of how they right. did it. <laughs> and, and now, like, when you say that, I want to hear these demos. Yeah, give me the demos. Like, is that to be that's crazy? Oh my god. Um, was, oh, okay. I think let's go to rap real quick because like Nelly's hot in here. That was okay. summertime anthem, right? You know, we know it was produced by the Neptunes. And then when you find out Pharrell wrote it, they're like, wait a minute, but this Yeah, yeah. Pharrell's kind of in that Prince lane though, man. Like there's a lot, there's a lot of stuff on cover. I didn't know that Pharrell had actually did. I knew he was on it, but I didn't know he he actually wrote it. But see, I think he probably wrote, wrote the hook. If you're going to go that route, there's a lot of songs, not to change the question, but there's a lot of songs that were done by artists that were actually meant for different people. Like Pharrell's song, Happy, was actually meant for CeeLo. So So that was meant for CeeLo, but then his people around him said, nah, I don't want you to put that out there right now. And then Pharrell was like, okay, (laughs) I'm going to run with it. <laughs> I'm just crushing people's hearts out here. It takes I gotta go find that shit, man. Like, okay, here's, here's a good here's a good one right here. More money, more problems, right? Mm. Big record, right? Right. It still rocks. And you know Biggie's on it. So right. you automatically think, oh. You know Biggie wrote that for Puff. Mace. Nah, Mace. Mm-hmm. And then you go realize the catalog, Mace wrote half of those songs. And actually, at More Money, More Problems is on Mace's project. I think he wrote Biggie's verse, too. Oh, you think he wrote that? Oh, I think yeah. he wrote Biggie's verse, too. Nah, don't do this to me. Don't. <laughs> I, I believe so, man. Can we get a fact check on that? Somebody go fact check when they see that. Somebody yeah, that was the Jay Think Cole about the cadence on that record. That was the J. P-I-G-P-O-P-P-A. If you just say it in Mace's voice. Oh, man. Man, that's true. Wow. 
<laughs> now but, you actually got me hearing it in May's voice. Uh, right, man, you look, you look at home and listen to more. You listen to more, many more problems when we get off of this and try to imagine in Mace's voice. And that's but that's uh, crazy. Like I wish I still had Serato up. I'll just put that joint on. <laughs> but you, you think about it. Off your YouTube. Don't do it to me. <laughs> you think about it like that. That song was originally meant for Mace's project. Puffy pulled it at the last minute. It was like, nah, I'm gonna get this to Biggie. Now you think mm. about how big that record was. And yeah. now you're pulling it and giving it to Biggie. You, you ever now, heard Biggie spit uh you ever heard Biggie's uh demo for Queen Bitch, the uh the um, Lil Kim? Lil Kim joint? Yeah, that, that joint is wild. Yeah. If you that's listen yeah. to that, that's a wild song to, to listen to Biggie sing. Stuff, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a wild demo. I just gotta tell you that. <laughs> I meant to be a superfly. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Man. So, okay, one of the hottest verses over, I think, maybe in the, the spring was when um, Meg and B, B got together for the Savage remix. Okay, yeah. And B spit that that verse, talking about, you know, if you don't feel, you don't feel my pain, if you don't jump up to get in your jeans and all that. And you found out Jay writes that, right? I mean, come on. Now, does that take away? <laughs> come on. God, a man has written a, no, a verse. That, that's a conglomerate, bro. That that's that's a business move. <laughs> that's a, totally different. That's all coming back to the same house, right? But <laughs> and to her effect, like she still has to pull it off. She still yeah, has. To I mean, she definitely has to pull it off. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that that doesn't take away. Like I said, I think it's more about how you carry yourself. It's when those people sit back and. That's why I blame Drake in that way when he comes out and he's just like, yeah, I'm this, I'm that, and so-and-so, and blah, 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 and he's spitting these rhymes. And I think even on the breakdown of the album, he didn't give credit to the writer. And that's where it's like, come on, man. You ain't got to mention me in the song, but <laughs> I don't even get no credit on the album. Exactly. <laughs> like, that, that, that's where it gets real grimy. So That's a good question right there. What's that? So if Biggie's lyrics are mostly ghostwritten, does that diminish him in the Pac versus Biggie debate? Oof. No. Oof. I'm, already, I'm already slandered Pac on another podcast. Already, see, what so did, see what you did? We're going to have to come back on here. So <laughs> who are you, uh, Eric? You Biggie or Pac? I'm, I'm definitely Pac. You know what I'm saying? Hit him up, you know what I'm saying? We're, we're straight to him. Let Hey, bam. <laughs> I'm gonna let you know this guy's going down. Pac all day. You big your Pac? Who me? You big your Pac? I'm New York, baby. I'm I'm big all day. <laughs> yeah, this Biggie, man. Like like straight up, Tupac. Don't get me wrong. Great great lyricist. I I compare him to a person that takes a poem and puts it in the lyrics. That's really what he was. But Biggie all day, man. He changed the game. Biggie all day. If we're talking about rap, to me, that's that's, that's Biggie. If you're talking about artists, you know what I'm saying? Like, or just like his impact on on hip hop and music in general, you know, you can't really deny that for Pac. But I just I think Biggie that. makes better better music than yeah, Pac. Yeah, man. Come on, man. Come on. Who's that? So I don't know if you if you just said what I'm about to ask you in that part. Who has the the timeless music though? Who has the timeless songs between the two? Biggie. Timeless. Yeah. Biggie. I yeah, I gotta still put the Biggie catalog Biggie. over there. But see, there's a couple songs that like he was more commercial. 
there, there's some music that that Pac has that is timeless though, like that that fits in every generation. You know what I'm saying? I got it's you. still relevant, but I still give the edge over to, to for my personal preferences, Biggie. Come on, man. This bone and Biggie, Biggie. Come on. <laughs> okay, so is, who had the better uh, Bone Thugs uh, collab? I just told. That's you. always been a debate between yeah, the boys. <laughs> I just told you. I don't think yeah. there's a competition in that one. You don't think? Okay. Oh, wow. Look, y'all, everybody staring up now. It's a bunch of everybody dropping the <laughs> oh, same Oh, we're ready now, huh? <laughs> right. That I mean, was just so one look, song, though. Come on, man. You like, look at Biggie had two major albums, right? And then probably. Yeah, I mean, if you're going for catalog, out, right? If you're going for catalog, of course, Pac is going to beat him. Even though there's some albums released for Pac that I don't even know. Uh, yeah, let's just put it that way. <laughs> but does Pac have two albums that's better than, than the two that Biggie put out? No. I don't think so. No. no. <laughs> okay, what's Pac's best album? All Eyes on Me. Yeah, I agree. Or uh, or what's the what's the one right before that? Before he, went, before he got locked up? Oh, Me Against the World. Me Against the World, yeah. yeah. Between those two. But I would say yeah, Biggie had two major albums. Two yeah, only I, I, two I, I, albums. Machiavelli is and, dope too. And no point Mac there. Machiavelli is dope because it's posthumous, right? Like nah, because this is a crazy record, but right. <laughs> <laughs> um I will say, like I said, Biggie had the two albums and what he did with those two albums for we us to still talk about right. how great right. of a rapper he was or person, you know, that speaks volumes, right? Um and out of the two, Ready to Die or um, Life After Death, I think Life After Death is the better album. I put Life After People get after me all the time, but I think that production-wise, but just like the the levels of songs, Sky's the Limit. Yep. Uh, I mean, it was a double disc, too. But then, yeah, it's yeah. ambitious. You know what I'm saying? Look, See, Life After what? Death, you saw the growth. Right. Yeah, you saw where, and you saw where it was getting See, ready, ready to go. Ready to Die was the struggle. It was right. I need to get in, get in here. Life after death was you about to see where I'm about to go and and if people realize where he was about to go with it he was going to start his own label he was going to start his own label they were about to do the commission between him Jay Z and Nas which was going to be <laughs> I mean will we even be having a discussion right now like come on <laughs> and that that's the, that's always like the the elephant in the room like yeah Jay we at this point Jay is but he's done with his career and the money and the woman he's married, like Jay made it, right? But if if those other two elements were still in the room, Jay would have been signed to Big. Yeah. Where would we been? Where would we have been at? I don't know, man. Like there's some I don't there's something about Jay that I think he would have, regardless. Now looking back on it, I feel like regardless of what happened, Jay would have been Jay. You know what I'm saying? Big Big would have been in his own, would have had probably the same thing that Jay had. But I still think, like, Jay-Z, his mind, like, if you look at his, <laughs> the moves that he's made and his mindset even back then was just on some, you know what I'm saying? Just, he, he, he manifested, you know what I mean, what he put in his music. He changes in a way. Back. He's like he's like LeBron James of 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 hip hop, really. Remember when he came out, he was straight DOS effects. Yeah, he was originally, yeah. Jazz though, he was all. Yeah. But, but reasonable doubt, like 
Oh, you know what I'm saying? Like, yep. and, and just you can see how he just kind of pieced the whole thing together going all the way up until now. Like, and I don't think, you know, based on where he is now, I don't think you can you can really uh say that Biggie or Pac has something to do with where he is today. You know what I'm saying? I think I think it's just beyond that. Yeah, I don't think he had anything to do with the where he's at today, but if Biggie was still here, I think it would have been a little different. That's right. all I think. I think it would have been, and I actually think Biggie would have stepped out the game earlier than what people thought. Yeah, because he was already putting on other people. Yeah, I, and... I don't think he would have stayed rapping, to be honest with you. Right. And so. the like the evolution of back then, the evolution of rappers, a lot of them they, they wanted just the you know it was kind of the way in, and the mindset was always kind of to get somewhere else. I'd have been interested to see where. Biggie ended up. We know he wasn't gonna do movies. That wasn't his type of his nah. type of thing. Pac was. But, oh, Pac, <laughs> yeah, was yeah. 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 He get all respect for poetic justice for me. Hey, well, juice, yeah. all that. You know, I would have been probably close to Will Smith. You know what I mean? Like I, at this I, point, I believe, as far as like who, what he was gonna yeah. be. You know what I'm saying? That's why I, I said it's that. on a totally different lane to me. You know, I, I think Pac. If you're thinking about that entrepreneurship. um, you know, Pac was about the well, he already had done it as far as wasn't it? What was it, Death Row East or something like that mm -hmm. that he was mm -hmm. pushing for? So, yeah, I think, um, he would have been on a business level on a different realm than where Biggie is. Well, Biggie would have been, I should say, but um, yeah, still Biggie all day. It sounds like I want to go back to that one. That's tough because I think they were both really good storytellers. I mean, you all day. The imagery in both you could feel. Now, I guess Biggie was just it, clever, man. Like his, yeah, his, it, his rhyme schemes and just what he was able to do with words and and his way with a pocket was just out of this world compared to other rappers of the time. Mashing right. classy, right? <laughs> um, yeah, and he was funny. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he is when you when you see where. Uh, life after death left off, and the fact, well, the sad part, well, obviously, that released after he passed. But when you see where it left off, you're like, oh my god! Like you already knew where a lot of this other stuff was getting ready to go, and the and the, the issue with Pac with all these posthumous albums, you don't really know when that era was. So you can't really figure out where Pac was getting ready to go. What level? What the next level before Pac was? Because there's just so much music, and and all of it got released over the years. I mean, like you said, I can see the movie with the Will Smith thing because he's starting into the movie. He's a really good actor, and I just, just never know. They, uh, they said on a musical level, Pac was about to go over there with Quincy. Yeah, they were already making music together. And Quincy's daughter. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, yeah, because he was with Kadada and he was making a lot of music with QD Three. <laughs> All <laughs> oh, these comments, man. And I'm saying that Jay Pac always been down with the movement. We will see Jay four four Pac D. Okay. Pac and Big. I agree with all it. Oh yeah, a lot of comments got to. That's that's. Yeah, like we struck a nerve. Somebody struck a nerve. When somebody said something and struck a nerve. Nah, that's right. when they said Biggie's joint was Mace. It was Mace. When he said that. 
So I had a couple other just just big songs that some of the stuff we knew about, but like Rock Steady by the Whispers. We groove to that all the time. Mm-hmm. Don't do it. You just come to, you come to find out. Don't do this. Babyface wrote that. Oh, okay. That's cool. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's I wasn't cool. I'm good with that. Wasn't good but just Babyface wrote for everybody, so I'm good with that. Right. But <laughs> think about how far that song goes. I just we live in an era. I think just look at these moguls that we that we were able to see in our lifetime. You got yeah. the Quincy Joneses. You got the baby faces. Jimmy Jam, got, Terry Lewis. Got Jimmy Lala Jam, Terry Lewis. You got the princes. You got like all these great music moguls and like timeless music, regardless. Right. And like you just don't. When I listen to music now, you really just don't see where it's going. Especially rap. Like you know, a lot of what's playing on now. Anything under, let's say, majority under under twenty five, thirty. You just you just don't see a, a lane of like longevity in the rap game or writing. In my opinion, and, and well, that's where it's at because you'll see some of these people that come in, like take it back to Jay and everybody like that and Biggie, and they came in rapping about you know what they were doing at that time, but you saw progression from each and every album. You can't just keep on rhyming about that, especially when they know you made it. You know what I mean? Like, are you still out here doing this or? You know, well, I think I also think that like I think it is real. I don't think it's different than it was before. We just hear about see all the people that you hear on, you know, what I'm saying title or, you know, Spotify. Now you wouldn't have heard of them people because they wouldn't have had record deals and they would not have come out. They would just be rapping in their neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? But you but you still have those top tier J. Cole's Kendrick's. They are the pocket Biggie and Nas of today. You know right. what I'm saying? And they're and you hear the progression in their music the same way we did with those artists. Um, so I just think you just get you just don't have that gateway that 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 uh, gatekeeper anymore to filter out all the the filler stuff that you really wouldn't have that really wouldn't have made it to record in the first place, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um real quick for everybody joining and wondering what's going on, we got two new faces. <laughs> Uh, we got Dave and Eric. CB, we got Eric. We got podcast, right? Uh, doing a mashup episode. CB and E Rich on hot seat this morning. Uh, you can listen to that podcast on Spotify, iTunes, all your listening pleasures. And now they said iHeartRadio as well. Um, so we want to thank you guys definitely for joining us as we transition to the next next phase of the show. Thank you guys for just joining us tonight. Um, I gave you guys some homework sticking on the lines of you know trying to figure out who you are, something right. we ask all our guests. Uh, and y'all can figure out who wants to go first, but um, we right. do a top three. <laughs> uh, I need to know we always ask your top three movies of all times Eric. and your top three albums of all times. Now, the way the comments been going, we might uh strike some more nerves, but top three movies, we'll start with that and then we'll do the albums. All right, cool, top three movies. See, this is the part where I'm gonna make Earl mad when yep. I sit there and I say something like, Oh, yeah, I could throw down like space balls and you know, start throwing like, oh. like labyrinth and little mermaid and everything. And this is the part where Earl go crazy and sit there and say, Yo, somebody cut his mic off. So I'm just waiting for him to show that comment again, but he's probably gonna do it. So but I'm gonna flip the script this time and 
instead of actually going, ah, there we go. I knew he was going to say something. Or I knew he was going to say something. <laughs> so instead of going there, I'm going to knock it down like this. So my number three is The Wiz. That's my number three movie. Okay. The Wiz. You know, because you got to ease on down, ease on down. I'm good with that. My number two is actually um, The Count of Monte Cristo is my number two. That's, that's, that's my show right there. I mean, excellent setup. If you haven't seen it, wonderful movie. All about revenge. You know, God being done wrong. I mean, epic. Epic. epic, epic you know that was on my list. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> the thing about me and Dave, we got a lot of things in common, you know, from <laughs> movies to even our DraftKings when we're betting. We're always picking the same players. So that type of stuff just, just kind of happens with us. So, but my number one movie of all time is Jason's Lyric. That's my number one movie wow. of all time. Yeah. I mean, nice. we haven't got uh, we haven't got any of those three yet on the show. Oh yeah, I'm with it, man. That's 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 my gig right there. I gotta go watch the Count of Monte Cristo. I ain't never I seen that. <laughs> Yo, I'm like, hey, there's, there's, there's a couple versions of that, right? There was one that was recently within the last like what? 15 nah, don't years. do the recent one. Don't do the recent. Do the original Count of Monte Cristo. Okay, 2002. Okay, I'll check that one. I'm gonna go right, watch let's, it. Let's, let's do the album now. And then, so me and Superfly watching, and I don't know CB original, and we'll come back and we'll chat about it. Go ahead, do your albums, Eric. No. Albums. All right, so like when it came to my albums, I had to sit back and think about it for a little bit. So, with those, it was kind of almost more of a, a compilation on stuff that it wasn't one particular, but more so the artists themselves that kind of got in there. So, I would have to go with. Um, starting around number three would end up being TLC. Um, so I mean, it was kind of a toss up when I put them together. We want the TLC tip plus crazy, sexy, cool. I, I can't take them apart. So I mean, just all together, joint together. That's that's my stuff right there. I, I can't go wrong with that. Uh, the number two spot for me is also a compilation of things together. So I, I gotta go with Kanye's whole. Um, the three albums for the whole graduation series, you know, late from college dropout to late registration. And I mean, okay. I, once again, another one that I could take anything from any of those three albums in there. And to me, they're all classic. So then when I thought about that, I was like, well, if I'm going to say that, I got to throw a mic out there because when I look at Thriller and I look at Bad, once again, same thing. You kind of can't really. No off the wall? From all the other, I mean, they both just got so many epic songs in it. It's hard to do. But now for my number one, though, I do got just one clear-cut record for number one. And that's the Purple Rain soundtrack, hands down to me. That's just my best, period. There's, there's nothing else that needs to be said about that from start to finish. There we go. That I should have went first. <laughs> you deferred, so hey. Now, now I feel like I ghostwrited for him. <laughs> <laughs> See what I'm saying? All right. <laughs> so for me on movies, um, I guess I could say since he took my count of Monte Cristo, one I can throw in there, um, especially since it's continuing the series right now. That first Bad Boys for me changed the game for me. Like Bad Boys was it. Like. I waited so long for Bad Boys 2 to come out. <laughs> just Will Smith, Martin Lawrence, it was just epic for me. So Bad Boys, that's definitely one of my top three. Um, 
another one for me, just because we're huge Marvel fans, that whole 10-year breakdown to lead up to the end game. Um, people don't realize how hard it is to end an epic movie or a tale like that. And Endgame was just done perfectly. Between Infinity War and Endgame, perfectly. So that was it for me right there. But number one, and it's actually about to come out with part two right now. And um, I'm actually sitting back kind of scared that they're coming out with part two. I know what you're about to say. Go ahead. Coming to America. Yeah, that's my number one. That's my number one. I mean, the lines that get spit and coming to America. Plastic. <laughs> it, it's just the barbershop scene. Come on, man. Between Eddie and, and Arsenio, it's you can never see nothing like that again. People could copycat it, but you'll never see anything like that again. So coming to America is it, but I'm scared. I'm going to repeat it. I'm scared. I, look, for coming to I America. feel your pain too. The fact that it was sold to Amazon. Well, I'm, I don't just gonna, I'm gonna chuck it up to the pandemic. Like, look, they we had to get this movie out this year. Yeah. They offered a slew of money. Yeah. This is what we thought it was a projected possibly possibly make. Yeah, I feel you. Uh, and then that barbershop, Eddie Murphy, like if Oscars, you're talking about like to, to play all majority of all those parts. And hell, Arsenio pulled it off too. Yeah. This old white Jewish man. I'm the, not scared, man. I seen after after Dolom after Dolomite, Dolomite yeah, could have put my fears away, man. That, like that genre is gonna be crazy. Gonna, that genre's yeah. gonna be dope. Yeah. Oh, the, the remake of Dolomite? Yeah, the Dol the yeah. new Dolomite. That yeah, joint, that I mean, that good. joint was crazy. Just just the way they wrote that and the way he executed it. So I think coming to America is just gonna be that much better. <laughs> okay. All right. So on the album side of things, first I gotta um Honestly, start off with my pops. Not to get no sentimental take on here. I have been drinking. But uh, <laughs> but uh, this album right here reminds me of my pops. We used to sit back, and this is where I got my love of music from because I would sit back and just hear his take on where the sound was coming from. Not, not specifically the lyrics, but just the sound. There's a difference between the two. Um, so I know a lot of music lovers love that. But... Number three for me is Paul Simon, Graceland. Mm. If you have never heard that album before, take a trip. Because it's not meant to listen to. You honestly have to take a trip. You're going to feel a little bit of uh, like an old English sound to African sound. It's, it's going to take you back. So Graceland is one that you definitely need to listen to. Um, number two. This one was pretty hard for me. I, I don't know if I could really put it at number two. It's just that I I love these two artists so much, and we were just talking about them, between Jay-Z and Tribe Called Quest. And in case you don't know, um, they're trying to put together right now Tribe against um, Outcast for Versus. Yeah. Yeah. And that will be probably one of the sickest ones for me. Um. I mean, you could just play whole albums. To be exactly, honest. that's the thing. <laughs> so <laughs> you can play whole albums. I mean, Midnight Marauders. We already spoke about it on our podcast. One of the best things ever put out there. So between Jay Z, Tribe Called Quest, I'm not even gonna pick an album. Just put it right there in that slot. One of my most favorite Jay Zs is not even Reasonable Doubt. For me, 
it's American Gangster, one of the best yeah. uh, produced albums I've ever heard in my life. It tells a story. He wasn't even meant to put the album out. He was going to put little snippets of things. And then he said, you know what? Let me just do it. Let me just do the soundtrack. You know where the music comes from, right? You know, Puff <laughs> gave him all that music. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. Puff, Puffy, had, Puffy had the entire album. But wait just a minute. Instrumental. Was that Puff or was that from the Hitman? No, nah, from Puff and um, uh, what's the dude's name? Um, I can't think of their names right now. Uh, uh, I can't think of their names. It's two Is producers, though. No, nah, it wasn't the Hitman. Okay. It was uh, it was two other dudes that cool he worked with. Cool and Dre? With. No, not Cool No, 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 not Cool and Dre. It's two producers, though, a duo. Okay, let me know on that. Let me know yeah. on that. I didn't know that. Yeah, he basically, like, like Puff had them make this, make a bunch of beats for them, and he was just like, yeah, this is music I clean my house to. And and then he let Jay hear it, and then Jay took the whole thing. And it's that's that's American Gangster. Yep. That's it. That's how he makes his music, though. It, it's yeah. much respect. That's how he makes his music. Number one for me, even though one of my most favorite artists in the world is uh, Michael Jackson, and even though one of my most favorite artists ever, there's a difference, is Prince. My number one, which I will pay any money in the world to listen to and go see. Even though he's passed away now, is Bob Marley legend. Hands down, just play it. World music. You ain't gotta do nothing. I mean, every single age group knows Bob Marley music. If you're not sitting back and relaxing on some Bob Marley music, you're missing out. Uh, teach your kids Bob Marley music. It settles them down. Trust me. My son Cameron knows it very well. <laughs> when Bob Marley comes on, you need to shut the hell up. <laughs> I can't wait for them to. I can't wait for them to settle that estate so we can get a uh, get a bio. Oh man! But you know they gave a movie. family and friends did a bio. Yeah, he got a movie. It's called yeah, Marley. It's called Marley. That joint is so, dope too. Yeah, okay, it's really good. Okay, it's by his family and his his closest friends. Check out Marley. That's kind of the thing I was waiting for with with Jimi Hendrix too. I know they they could only do the movie with Andre is the perfect person to play Jimmy first. Of oh all. man. Uh, but they can only do about those those European sessions because the music is in an uproar and you you don't know who owns what. Oh, who owns it? I mean, yeah, yeah. So there's no actual music except the end. I think there's no woman no crying that in that by in that um documentary. Yeah, but it's dope yeah. though. Guys, now. All right, all right. So this is the part for people who knew. This is where we talk about shoes because not only we sports enthusiasts, part-time politicians, movie buffs, <laughs> dads, whatever, we're also sneakerheads at that too. So uh, this is the portion where we're gonna spotlight a sneaker that we might that's getting ready to come out that we're gonna decide if we want to enter a bunch of raffles to try to get. It's called the Copper Drop. Then after that, we go into For the Soul, the segment itself, where we spotlight a shoe that we just picked up or that may be in our collection that may tell a story or whatever. But it's, you know, this is this is our sneakerhead uh, portion. So anybody watching, you know, this is what it is. Uh, just in case you just tuned in, I got to do one more thing. Hold on. Okay, you get the point now, right? This is For the Soul. 
Talking about sneakers. All right. All right, I'm, I'm done playing with that button. I, I like that button. That's a good button. Um, so we're going to start with the copper drop. So this week, our copper drop is the Concepts and Nike Dunk did a did a pack together called the Turduncan because these are Nike Dunks, Turduncans, and uh, they did a, a a drop thing last week. And if you if you weren't in line on, online in line three days ahead, you weren't getting these. Things drop fast. Like they're retailing for, I think it said like one thirty. One thirty. Plant based, Cleo. It's it's got a little bit of everything. It's got. It has got duck skin on it, supposedly. It's got duck fur, like a little bit of nuances of everything that represent kind of like Thanksgiving so, and all that. So, and if you have a dog, they may eat it exactly. Everybody. And it comes with cran look, cranberry laces. But the package into this stuff oh my god, package into these, these shoes is ridiculous. <laughs> so, you've got like the TV dinner thing, it's kind of a nerf ball that's in the shape of a turkey. And again, the late there's like four different color laces. The socks and it comes with socks. chicken feet. Wow. Exactly. And then if you look at the, the box that it comes in, it comes in a like a deep fryer box. You take it out, it's like an oven. So it's supposed to represent $130. 130 bucks, but they're flipping. The issue is now they're flipping for like 10 grand. Yeah. Oh, I was about to say $130. That's a good deal. That's a good deal. But I think if you get your hand on these, yeah. The, the true sneaker here will keep it. But other than that. That people are in it for the flip game, which gets away from the shoe game. But this is where we go around and ask people if you had the opportunity to go ahead and grab these, would you pop them or drop them? I'm obviously gonna cop these. Me and Superfly have been talking about these for the last past like week or so. Yeah. Uh, oh my god, 21 comments. Jesus. Okay, go ahead. Oh, and when we go around, I'll try to catch up with the comments. So for me, I would cop them if they're around that $130, just cause. It's gonna take me back to the uh, beef and broccolis. If I gotta describe what the beef and broccolis yeah. are, then I'm done with this Stable. whole conversation. But <laughs> the only fear I have for somebody like Eric, if he had these shoes, would his dog eat him? <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so I don't know what Eric's about to say, but. <laughs> That's that's my only fear because these look like real organic um edible shoes. So what you say, Eric? Well, my dog was probably trying to eat me a few minutes ago. I'm over here trying to fight him off right now so we can get to your show. So you're probably right. With those shoes, he definitely would be going after me with those. But no, nah, I'm gonna drop them because one, I'm just not a big Nike guy in the first place. So it's you're not gonna even find any Nikes in in my closet right now. Okay. Okay. Superfly. Yeah, it's a cop. Gotcha. I'm I'm okay. on it. And the cop to keep. I rock with the joint. Everything that goes with it. Yeah, that's that's part that's of the, the thing. Well, right? I don't think they I think that special pack you can't really get that joint from sneakers, but you can get the uh you gotta go to concepts to get that big pack. So I'm just trying to get the kicks. And I right. like the socks too, but the other stuff I don't really give a shit about. I just like the kicks. So you understood <laughs> the beef and broccoli comment. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's a stable. Okay. <laughs> Even though I'm a more construction, you know what I'm saying? Like oh, that's okay. that's I'm that's my vibe, you know. I'm good with that. Um so my pops, we'll we'll, we'll start with him first. Okay. Uh, he sent he sent in these. 
Are you looking at uh? You looking at well? Let me get to the comments. CB's supposed about to jump in. Uh, these are the Jordan Eleven One of Ones. He took them in black and white, but the shoe is all black with a red jump man, and they're called One of Ones for a reason because there's only one pair of these made ever. <laughs> one of Ones. Stunning. And then yeah, he started out. Uh, one of Ones. <laughs> well, if he wants to tell a story, he can jump in. But yeah, they're, they're called one of ones for a reason. Uh, and <laughs> there you go, CB. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, let's get back to. All right, and uh, let me see. Guest of honor, you you want to go? You want to go next? You want to go last? We talking about? Uh, are y'all y'all playing for the soul? Y'all bring shoes? Oh yeah, yeah. Eric? Okay, so you want you Hi, want to Eric. go? I'll, I'll let you. All right, fair enough. Do your thing, Eric. Okay. Hey, Earl, turn your computer off right now, Earl. Just go ahead, <laughs> shut it down, turn it off. Cause you' about to be mad. Turn it off, bro. So I ain't. Too oh, it's called one and only. I'm sorry, one and only. Ah, <laughs> your dad had to correct you. You want to know? So I ain't really big on shoes anyway as far as like copping all these pairs like the pair of shoes i have on my feet right now are probably six or seven years old so and for the most part if you look in my closet just about all my shoes from my shoes to my boots are pretty much under armor so what i decided to go in the closet today and uh the pull out was the uh the old school um the steph curry jump um sorry steph curry jets you know the uh taking it back to when he first came out, he first got his shoe deal with Under Armour. So these are the ones with the with the red suede to them and everything. So yeah, and like I said, I mean these things are still in mint condition. I've had these shoes for years and probably worn them maybe maybe three times tops. And I'm gonna probably end up having these shoes for about another decade. And by then, I may have only worn five times tops by that point. No. All right. <laughs> so, uh, are we supposed to go around first? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm about to. Hey, if you want to go next, go ahead. Oh, I thought you were supposed to go around and see if we would cop those. Okay. Oh no, 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 no. Oh. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> so, for me, um, I knew we were going to talk about this person um, a little bit and talk about basketball. So. In 2018, this person through the Jordan brand actually released these. These are the Russell wow. Westbrooks. Okay. The Why Not 0.1. I love these. I don't wear them a lot. I'm going to let you know. Westbrook got nice the reason shoes. why is because within my profession, I'm wearing a lot of dress uh, shoes and things like that. But I'm glad you put shoes on the internet. <laughs> What'd you say? He was like, I wear a lot of dress. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I wear a lot of dress. <laughs> Let's get the disclosure. Exactly. Nice. <laughs> Let's get the nice. disclosure. Okay. Uh, Superfly, you coming to play? Nah, blame versus on that joint. I didn't have time to go get the shoes. Okay. Okay. Oh, man. I'll, I'll round it out. I'll round it out. So. Uh, let me see what we got here. Me, 
I'm gonna do something a little different. Like last week, I started going into the collection set of stuff, new stuff I had. So I went into the collection and I pulled these out. We did a sneaker special that got it was on Zoom, and y'all will never see it because Zoom didn't record it right. But these right here, you you'll never you won't even recognize these. But the brand is Osiris, right? And the story behind these is I got these, and I only I think I wore them once. I got these for the Kanye on the Dark concert. Which was the mm. best show, one of the best concerts outside of anything Prince has done I've ever seen in my entire life. And these were the shows I the shoes I got because they glow, and like it was just a whole experience. So these are like really lime, like volt yellow. If you can't tell by the lighting, but you can even tell I only wore these things once. But gotcha. I wore these to the Go in the Dark tour, and that was like one, of the, and that's the night I met Pharrell again. I met Pusha T from the Clips. Cause we were we were up close, and then just that whole night. If you if you didn't get to see Glow in the Dark tour, and I don't know why he never put it on disc or DVD or whatever. It's like one of the best shows I've ever seen. Mm. So that's my that's my for the soul. Uh, let's go over these comments again real quick. Don't wear them ever. Oh wow, that's <laughs> I don't know who that was for. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's, it's universal. Hey, while we're looking through the comments, I did look up those producers. It was Sean C and LV who did uh, who did oh, those okay. uh, those tracks on American Gangster. All the ones except for you know the ones that like Just Blaze and Pharrell did on there was done by That's Sean wild. C and LV. All right, guys. Um, so again, we want to thank there you go, thank Dave and Eric from the Hot Seat Podcast for joining us tonight. Um, Look, guys, it was it was great, and I appreciate what Sean put together and having the idea of getting us all together and doing the swap. Uh, I learned a lot. So I listen to your show all the time, and I learned a lot. It's good to see put the faces with what I listen to all the time, and right. you guys were they're great. Man, it was a great show. I appreciate you guys for doing that um, and just partaking in everything. So uh, let everybody yeah. know what they can. I let you, I let you guys plug your stuff now. Where can hey, we hey. find you? When can we find you? Hey, let me let me just put this out there real quick because I see Kaleo wasn't going to put it out there. Um, so I'm looking at my phone, probably a little bit ago, and all of a sudden, <laughs> I see a call coming through, and I'm like, okay, he wants to get together for the for the broadcast tonight. So I try to click onto the phone, nobody picks up. So I click back to call him back, and nobody picks up. All of a sudden, Kaleo hits me up and says, hey, did my daughter just uh, dial you up? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just here to let you know right now, for real, when we say within the Hot Seat Podcast, it's four dads with mics. <laughs> it's four dads it's with mics. Like when you had that reality of family, and they just calling in and things like that. That's what it is. It's unedited. It's unfiltered conversation. So you can catch us on Spotify. You can catch us on Buzzsprout. Now you can catch us on iHeartRadio. Um, Eric, fill in. Where else am I missing? Um, we got the Apple Podcast. Yep. Um, the we got we're on Am uh, was that the Amazon Amazon Music Amazon yep. Music that we have. So it's all y'all that got Alexis in your house, the echoes, you can hear us. Yep. So please and subscribe, follow us. 
And before we're done, I just want to let y'all know, thank you. We really appreciate the fact that we were invited in uh, to the We Are Something uh, podcast and everything else like that. Um, it's great, man. We need to do more. Definitely, like, definitely. That love that's spread across. We need to do more. And I need to hear more of that uh, five-minute Superfly. Five-minute Superfly. <laughs> well, plug your Twitch, Superfly. That's where he can find you. Salute. Yeah. Uh, Twitch.tv slash uh, DJ underscore Superfly underscore TNT on Twitch. Um, I get it in when I can. And, uh, you know, we still we still moving. Did, did you play for the parties at Morgan State? Nah, I wasn't even DJing when I was at Morgan. I actually started DJing the mm. year I graduated. Um, and I've been in it for about 15 years. So, Okay. Nice. Uh, again, we want to thank everybody who joined the chats for live tonight. We want to thank all y'all for joining. Uh, you can find us on YouTube, Facebook, IG, all your big platforms. Google us. We are something else. WRSE Podcast. We're there. Um, next week. We are picking up uh, Black Business Series up again, and we're going to be on Tuesday nights, because Thursday is no one's going live on Thanksgiving, uh, especially not around this time. So Tuesday night, we'll be here. We're going to got a short little time to plug it, but our Black Business Series will pick it back up again Tuesday night. Uh, that's it, y'all. But if you're watching, in the, wherever you're watching that, go to YouTube, like, and subscribe. We're trying to get monetized. We're trying to be right. So, <laughs> like and subscribe. All right, y'all. We got something else. Peace. And Hot Seat Podcast. Peace.